0: Let's see what the stew has for us today.
1: Welcome to the GnomeCast and Gnome Stew's Tabletop Gaming Advice Podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by awesome Patreon backers like the articulate Amadeo Rosa, the bodacious Ben Madden, and the genuine Greg Gordon. Today we have myself, Ange, along with Jared and Senda, and today we're going to talk about solo gaming. Before we dive into that main topic, though, let's ask our get to know a own question. Away from the gaming table, what do you spend the most time on related to gaming? Jared, I'm going to start with you.
0: <laughs> See, this is, this is like a softball question. because <laughs> when It really is. <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes to like, being on the Gnomecast, like I read and take notes on and review books. You know, RPGs of all sorts. So that is mainly what I'm doing when I'm not playing games that is game related.
1: Yeah, I kind of threw this question in there without fully thinking about the people I was asking this question.
2: <laughs> well, just to be clear, also Jared's reviews are top notch. They're like, phenomenal. They so
3: are.
2: like it's worth it.
1: We appreciate you spending all of your time on that. <laughs> so how about how about let's phrase it this way. For your personal gaming, is there stuff you spend time on that's not related to actually being at the table itself? Besides, like you know, writing for Gnome Stew, doing your reviews. So you're eliminating like other gaming responsibilities. Is that yeah? <laughs> okay. our, our side hustles because
0: <laughs> we make hustles. so
1: much money from all of this. <laughs> <Don't count.
0: laughs> oh goodness. I mean, I was going to say, if it's not, like, literally at the table, one of the things that I started doing a lot more in recent years is absorbing media in the genre in which I am about to run a game, so that Mm -hmm. I have all of the tropes and everything naturally rattling around my head a little bit more. And that's been even more hyper-focused with running Star Trek and literally rewatching Next Generation and DS9. That's not just the genre tropes, it is very specifically the Star Trek tropes that I've been revisiting in that case.
1: No, that makes a whole
2: lot of sense. (laughs) How about you, Senda? Well, my original answer was podcasting, but then you changed the question. (laughs) Um... I mean, podcasting counts.
1: It's just... (laughs) Jared's right. It's a real softball question. <laughs> yeah, it is because we all do a bunch of things that are <laughs> gaming related that are not gaming.
2: Um, we do them very intentionally, though. They're they're intentionally like, an, and intensely and intensely and pretty like publicly. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're not like hidden away at a table somewhere. Um, so if I leave podcasting aside, <laughs> then uh, the thing that comes to mind for me is. The last time that I really was able to engage in this um, was a letter writing game. So I really like when I have some sort of campaign, being able to engage with things that help me focus in on like that character for that game over the long term. And, and sometimes games grab me like this and sometimes they don't. Right. Like sometimes I'm like, this game is amazing, but I just played at the table and that's fine. But sometimes like we did a letter writing game earlier this year and it started out and I was just like, you know, writing letters. Cool. But I was also a magical cat. Um, and so <laughs> I eventually acquired things like, you know, a, 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 a whole bunch of wax, a wax seal that has a cat on it. I had to pick up a stamp that had a paw print because I was signing everything with paw prints. <laughs> I designed my own stationery that like went with her sort of like witch-sona catness, <laughs> And like it was like really just about that and like what she was doing and like, you know had meaning in terms of, like, why she would send that out, right? Like, so it's fun when you get to explore the trappings of something. Um, Or, for example, when I know I'm going to LARP, I spend way too much time on my costume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wardrobe choices are important.
2: Wardrobe choices are important. And so, like, with the letter-writing game, like, the accoutrement were the written equivalent of that, right? So um, I have a lot of fun basically, you know, determining how I think that person would um, present themselves to the world. And when I end up in situations where I can engage that, I have a lot of fun with it. And it will come as no surprise to anyone that one of my majors in college is theatrical costume design.
3: <laughs> so this
2: comes from a place of long history of like, <laughs> let, let's let distill who this character is and then create the things that are how they present themselves to the world that show the world that that's who they are, right? Well, that's a thing.
1: I think that, Follows through is that a lot of times you'll have hobbies and interests that aren't necessarily directly gaming related, but when you find ways to connect them to gaming, (laughs) like, you know, one of my things that I tend to do is graphic design. If I don't have a decent character sheet, oh, find me making my own. I have
2: absolutely done that also, and like, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole at all because it will be a big (laughs) thing with many people, and I am aware of that, but. Let me tell you, there's this piece of Mac software that no one in the world uses called Numbers, and it is their equivalent of Excel. And the thing that it does better than any other spreadsheet software in the world is that you can have individual tables that you can just put wherever you want, but you can still have equations with them that they talk to each other, right? So when we start talking about self-calculating character sheets that are actually laid out as a page layout... (laughs) Oh, baby, I have spent some time in there because you just drop your images in wherever you want. You can take the backgrounds out of them. You can do whatever. And then you just put the tables over them wherever and put them however you
1: Oh, It's delightful. I, I oh have man. had people look at my my GM notes that I put together for games I run. And they're like, are you like, copy? is this published? Is this are you taking this from something like, no, these are just my notes. i I need to make them pretty though too oh cheat sheets yeah Yeah, cheat sheets i like making cheat sheets pretty anyway (laughs) i i will admit also it doesn't happen for every character it doesn't happen for every game but i have totally written short stories about my characters before (laughs) like in our part-time gods game i i am playing the the goddess of geekdom and i said that she got her powers about three years ago from Bob. Bob was the previous god of geekdom. <laughs> and I wrote a story about Bob basically meeting my character because he was at a con and sad because the world was changing and he couldn't keep up and he just, he knew it was his time. And then he sees my character defending a cosplayer who's getting harassed. And he's like, I'm to go horn. buy her a smoothie. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like these, these things that, you know, make the game go a little further than just what's happening at the table. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah write, writing, writing a journaling character, I should try that sometime.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. maybe.
2: Hey,
1: boy, do we have a topic for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so getting into the actual topic, gaming is absolutely a social hobby, usually enjoyed with other creative folks as you play and laugh together. Thing is, there's this thing, something we've all come to face, you know, face-to-face with over the past year. You can't be with your gaming group all the time or whenever you want, so we thought we'd chat about solo gaming. You literally can't be (laughs) face-to-face. No. no. We're face-to-face with the fact that you can't be (laughs) face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. But what do we mean by solo gaming? These are the things we do to entertain ourselves related to gaming... All the way from actual games meant to be played solo to other things like we just talked about. So let's talk about solo gaming. Jared, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke <laughs> you first, because I seem to recall you saying you played a solo game recently.
0: Why, yes I did. First off, before we get to the solo game I played recently, I would also direct anybody that wants to see an outline of another solo game that I I did to look on gnome stew where i did a three-part article as i was playing through a thousand year old vampire which was really a lot of fun and instead of just doing a regular review i actually wanted to play through that and that is a great game where you're basically playing through you get turned into a vampire and then you roll dice to move to a certain prompt you answer that prompt you check things off of your character sheet Even if you try to be a nice person, eventually one of the prompts will tell you that you did something horrible and you have to roll with it. (laughs) So, anybody that wants to see that series, that is up on Gnome Stew.
1: I think we'll put it in the show notes.
0: Indeed. But more recently, I recorded a playthrough that I did of Iron Sworn, which is a uh, fantasy game. And it is basically set up to where you can either play it solo, traditionally, or with no GM. And the way this works is the game has what's called an oracle which you you know you roll to see what your next circumstance is going to be so if you don't know like what action do i need to take next to do this quest you would roll and it would prompt you and there's a bunch of tables and it would say that you know sometimes you can you know some of the tables are really broad like you need to ask someone something and then you just kind of roll with that decision there are tables where it's like hmm who do i need to ask and then you can You know, you can just drill down on those until such time as you kind of have an idea in your head of what you want the story to be that you're progressing on. And a lot of that game, it's very similar to Powered by the Apocalypse, but it is actually like a d6 plus an attribute and you roll two d10s. And if you roll higher than one of the d10s, you get a weak hit. If you roll higher than both, then you get a strong hit. And a lot of the story is controlled by progress tracks. You have progress tracks for the vows that you take, uh, because adventurers in this setting make vows to say, I'm going to do X thing for you. And you roll to see the progress track. Combat is basically the progress track. And almost every one of those progress tracks, you can make a move to end the progress track early. Like, you don't have to fill it all the way to all 10 boxes. But when you roll you're going to roll the uh, 2d10 and measure your progress track against those 2d10 to see whether you got a weak hit or a strong hit to finish things off so let's say after you just tag somebody a few times in combat dancing around them and you decide i'm going to end this combat decisively you roll those 2d10 but you only filled in four boxes (laughs) you're Mm -hmm. probably not going to end it as decisively as you thought it was going to but it's nice that you actually get to make that decision. That's that's your call. Like if you have just started to approach something, but you really want to take the off chance that you complete it, it's there. So, I played through that one night when, unfortunately, Ange and all of us couldn't get together to uh, play, and I ran through this whole storyline that I kind of had some ideas for. Where I was saving a town's Yule time because I went back and looked <laughs> up some some uh, Yule festivals where um, people would worry about the night of the wild hunt which was kind of associated with the aurora borealis and the night of the wild hunt all of the restless dead would come wandering around so i was like okay what else do they have the town has a reindeer skull the reindeer skull is part of this ritual that they need to perform to keep all of the uh, hungry dead away but someone stole it so i got to save yule by getting back a reindeer skull before the restless dead came into town and sucked all the warmth out of the people the town <laughs>
1: It's a Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas miracle.
2: You did it. A comedy game for Christmas.
0: Well, I also got a permanent handprint on my face and, you know, suffered serious ennui, but you know, in the end
1: I mean that sounds like Christmas.
0: Yes. <laughs> But yes, that game is set up to do those sorts of things. So if you are interested in seeing it, um Ironsworn is one I would definitely um I would definitely recommend to look at. Senda, what about you?
2: Oh boy. So the first one that I have to mention um before I mention anything else is one that is still on Kickstarter but I am super excited for. It is by Gion Shim and it is called Field Guide to Memory and The way that this game is set up to work, to my current understanding, and I am very excited about it, (laughs) um, is it is going to be a journaling game and um, it is obviously a solo game. But what will happen is starting in February, they're going to start emailing out the prompts. So you'll receive like these messages with like imagery and stuff about the accoutrement that you're dealing with to write about in your journal. And I am currently on a hunt to find the perfect field journal to write about <laughs> my old mentor, the cryptozoologist who went missing five years ago and is obviously dead now, who, whose life and relationships I now have to untangle, which I am <laughs> delighted to do. So I'm looking forward to February because I am very excited to play that game. <laughs> that does sound kind of awesome. It's going to be really cool, I think. And 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 like, I really am on the hunt for like, I need a journal for this game that feels feels both like Field guidey and also sort of cryptozoology e like and also like has some basic requirements like is nice to write in and lays flat on the table and stuff like I have some I have some very specific <laughs> thoughts on this and um and I want to be able to put sketches and stuff in it like you know oh oh I'm excited for it so like part of what I think is cool about solo gaming and I think that maybe I just made this accidentally clear. Um, and I think this is part of what you have come away with, too, Jared, and especially you've been able to share on Gnomes, too. And I actually have, too, with one other one I'll talk about in a second is one of the things that you can walk away with from certain types of solo gaming is this really cool artifact. Right. Uh-huh. Because you made this thing. Yeah, you made a thing. You yourself did a thing and you have a thing. Right. So and that hasn't been my experience with every single game that I've solo gamed, but it has been with many of them. And I really enjoy that because I can go back to it. So for example, there's a there's sort of a solo game slash ritual on um HIO called They Stole the Moon, which is very poignant and it is about managing feelings of grief when you've lost someone important to you. And the author of the game had lost someone important. And I actually played it on the anniversary of my mother's death because I was kind of looking for something to I don't know pay some respects to that day and to feel like I had engaged in it in some way. And like just by pure happenstance this game fell across my Twitter feed that day. I went and bought it and I played it. And the very specific thing about this game is that you you go through a bunch of steps that are kind of ritualized in terms of like thoughts and feelings and just writing things down where you are playing both yourself but also in this other character headspace so that you don't you don't have to be like truly in a therapeutic self mode like you're still kind of in a game space where you can be as much as you want to be but you end up drawing this circle and doing a lot of line connections across the circle until you basically come out with kind of a weird lopsided mandala kind of situation and every time you do it it would be different right like mine won't look like yours won't look like Jared's like it just it's it will be completely different but the end result is that you you have this like circle of all of these connections that you take away with you from the game as as actually kind of this comfort piece that like the idea being there's there's kind of like this hole where you know someone is gone Mm -hmm. and these are your thoughts and feelings and like love for that person like all tied up into this little medallion almost just like so that was a game experience that I don't think I could have had with someone else involved at the table. It was clearly very, very personal Mm -hmm. and is not something that I necessarily would have been able to do as a shared experience, which I think is one of the things that solo games can do, Mm -hmm. right? Is sometimes we can explore stuff in a solo game, especially in a written form, that we don't necessarily get the space or don't necessarily have the comfort to explore in a game with other people. And, Like to take that one step further, I ended up taking that little medallion mandala style thing that I created and like painting it on canvas and like making it into a pretty thing. And now it actually hangs in my bedroom. And I like it's like really, really good. It was a wonderful experience (laughs) that I walked away from and no one else can experience that with me. But I have this cool like memory artifact from it. Right. That I wouldn't it wouldn't be even recreated if I played the same game again. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be the same. Anyway, I have many more things I can keep saying, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. So, so maybe let me just real quick touch on two more
1: games that I just want to call out because they're super cool, and then I will be quiet. <laughs> Absolutely, Senda, we don't invite you on to the Nomecast to be quiet. I know, but sometimes I'm like, did I take up all of the airwaves or just
2: ninety percent of them? <laughs> <laughs> good okay so another journaling one that i think is really interesting to play by yourself and to know that you don't have to share anyone is the beast and i don't know if you've heard (laughs) of that That one 18 plus please it's (laughs) (laughs) it's erotic to say the least but it is a card prompt game so you go through a series of card prompts and you answer them and they are about the beast that you keep and go do adult things with Um, and what kind of creature that is and like what you do with it. And (laughs) so when I say 18 plus, I do mean 18 plus, (laughs) but it's cool because you end up having to think about a lot of things you might not think about normally. It's one of those interesting games that walks the line of comfort and discomfort, but because you're Mm -hmm. playing with yourself, you get to modulate that really carefully, but you can also learn things about yourself, which is cool. So the beast is a good one. 18 plus folks 18 plus there are some brave souls who have shared this game their playthroughs (laughs) of this game on the internet that is not me Um, (laughs) but if you look out there they exist and, and they're pretty cool and then the other one that i just wanted to call out is a game called twain which is absolutely beautiful and magical it is not a journaling game so you don't walk away with an artifact. I actually played it and recorded myself playing it, which was interesting because I just had to, like, speak all my thoughts out loud Mm -hmm. for She's a Super Geek. So you can listen to that episode, and I wrote about the experience on Gnomes too, so we can put that in the show notes Mm -hmm. too, but so Twain is a really cool game where you have a twin, and you haven't talked to them for a really long time, and you both used to do magic, but you stopped believing in it, and you're going to go meet your twin so it's this really interesting game where you actually you play tricks on your own mind you figure out all the story stuff kind of you write down all the story stuff so it's written down and again i will say this book is absolutely glorious like there's a book form of it but they they sent me the i don't know the fancy one it came in like an envelope <laughs> with like this fantastic like on, printed on vellum, and like it just oh it's so beautiful i don't even know if you can get that anymore now that the Kickstarter's over but it was absolutely gorgeous Anyway. So you you fill in the backstory with prompts, and then you actually trick yourself into going to a public location. This is basically a solo LARP, right? You go to a public location to wait for your twin, because you're going to meet them there. And so you actually go and experience the feelings of excitement of at seeing them again, like, the fear of what they might say, because you you had this falling out and you walked away from everything you used to do together and the magic. And, you know, will they actually come? Won't they come? Because they didn't actually tell you they were going to be there. You just had a dream, right? Like that they were going to be in this place at this time. So you got to be there. But you're like, so excited to see them again. And so excited to maybe engage with this magic again. But like, you don't know what's going to happen. So it's like this really wild thing and you do it to yourself, right? Like you psych yourself up, you go to a public place and then you just wait for <laughs> someone that like intrinsically you actually know is like not coming, obviously, because <laughs> they're not real. But that's not the point. Like, you're just having the emotions and experience of waiting and uh, and you actually set you actually set a thing on your phone like you can text them and um and you so you can text the messages like and stuff they don't respond obviously but you, you text them um and then you set a timer on your phone to ring with your phone's ringtone and that is the end of the game is that they call you <laughs> and it is so cool <laughs> it was like such an experience to do and i was like standing outside in a park in the cold like
3: <sighs> waiting
2: <laughs> like having all of these feelings and stuff and just was especially weird for me because i was also like mumbling like talking them out to the microphone
1: um and there were like people (laughs) in the park with me so that was a little weird but you know um anyway that's not the the first time random strangers have thought gamers are weird it's just (laughs) probably one of the few times that one of them has been by themselves right because you
2: are by yourself which is the thing but But it is cool. So like, I I guess, I guess what I highlight in that is like, there's the games that you end up with artifacts that are cool things that you've created for yourself. And then there are games that they all lead you through some kind of experience. So in my personal experience, most of the games that I've been playing have been things that end up being about self-exploration, which I just think is super cool because it's a thing that we can do by ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a good way to have some sort of introspection that is a little bit more directed and is fun because it has a story and stuff. And again, I'm really excited to play Field Guide to Memory, because this <laughs> thing looks amazing.
0: <laughs> so, Ange, what have you done that has been uh something that I know you said you haven't solo gamed, but uh yeah. something I mean, you've I'm, done on your own.
1: You know I don't honestly. Know.
2: I think writing backstory for your character or short stories, in my opinion, kind
1: of counts. You know, I I think it does because it's, you know, in in a lot of what Senda was talking about, those games are things that push you into exploration of, you know, your psyche, you know, different things you're looking at. And I tend to still very much enjoy investing in a character that I'm playing. And honestly, I I mean, most of my brain space is taken up by gaming. Even, you know, even if I'm not podcasting or writing for Gnome Stew or prepping for a game or playing a game, my brain is thinking about gaming. (laughs) You know, it's, it's thinking about the characters that I play and all this and like the act of sitting down and writing a short story for the character or just jotting down some background information for the character is another way to kind of, get into that character's space and explore it a little further. You know, like I said, I don't I don't do it with every... I don't actually... I don't end up with the artifact. I don't end up actually writing a thing down every single time. But I can tell you, I'm always thinking mm. about the characters I'm playing and their stories and the worlds they're living in and, you know, that type of thing. And I do like the idea of you know, an actual mechanical way to play a game solo. I actually, we are, uh, my my group is going to be starting a Star Wars campaign and we're actually using the old West End Games D6 version that I guess a bunch of, not, not, not ancient times, but a while ago, like some fans did a revision of it. And mm-hmm. in this revision, and I'm not sure if this was in, the addition that they've taken most of the information for the game from. But in that is a solo adventure that you can take one of the templates, use that character and walk through an adventure to be shown how the game is played. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's actually brilliant.
3: (laughs) That is is a
1: really good way to, you know, like teach a player, how does this game work? You know, and yeah, it doesn't have the give and take of interacting with the other players or interacting with the GM but it still teaches you how the mechanics work, how you can fit into the setting and, you know, all of that stuff. And I I kind of wish more games did that.
0: Mhm. I was going to say the I I am terrible. I know there's other there's D&D people that are much better at remi- remembering what the actual editions were, but the red box uh basic set had a solo adventure in it too.
1: Yeah, and it, it's, I wish I wish that was in more games. You get a lot mm. of games that have the, you know, okay, we're going to have two to three pages of people, we've written the story of people playing the game, and you kind of can see the give and take, but that a lot of people need to actually physically do the thing to learn how it actually works, rather mm-hmm. than just seeing it, i.e. reading about it. You know, I think we can acknowledge that there's a lot of things about gaming that we... We do on our own in our own time and space that aren't necessarily exactly related to what we end up doing at the table, mm-hmm. if that makes sense,
0: oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I would also like to point out, since we all know the person that was primarily involved in this, World One Millionaire is another <laughs> uh, journaling <laughs> that game that I've you can play with yourself about yeah. someone that has won the lottery,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good one
0: so you may want to pick that one up as well
1: <laughs> any last thoughts on on solo gaming um i have a last thought my last thought <laughs> on solo gaming
2: is that uh that it's so it's something that people sometimes approach with trepidation or think that it is weird now while we're all still living in like some level of isolation <laughs> is the perfect time to get over that and just try yeah. it. Because if you are bored, I promise these games are awesome and fun and you will walk away with cool things that you can be like, look at this thing I did and tell at least the internet about it. We will all be excited for you.
1: That's my will be able to tell us again to our face someday. Someday. <laughs> Any last thoughts from you, Jared?
0: The only other thing I was going to say is I really like Ironsworn, but if at some point you're interested in checking this out, and it sounds cool, but fantasy isn't your thing, currently Sean Tompkins is working on Starforged, which is the science fiction version of Ironforge. which I don't know where you would get inspiration for a person swearing vows and traveling around the galaxy <laughs> completing quests from in this day and age. What? I don't know. It's a mystery. But... <laughs>
1: Oh, this is the way.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I think we can wrap up and get out of here. This show is funded by our Gnome Stew Patreon. You too can pick up a Patreon backer by following the Patreon link of the Gnome Stew website to the Gnome Stew Patreon. This ad is brought to you by the Friendly Mirror. At a time when sometimes you have to figure out how to entertain yourself, we have the Friendly Mirror, a looking glass that makes you think you're hanging out with someone, even if it's just an annoying jerk who keeps copying everything you're doing in reverse. <laughs> Okay, maybe don't do that thing. Anyway, (laughs) if you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably, like many of the other Misdirected Mark shows, here's one to check out.
0: Misdirected Mark, the MMP guys go live every Tuesday evening at 8 Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you.
1: You can find all of us at GnomeStew.com, at GnomeStew on Twitter, and GnomeStew on Facebook. Gnomes, where else can we find you on the internet? Senda, go! Yeah, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at
2: I-D-E-L-L-A-M-I-T-H-L-Y-N-N-D, which is Idella Miffland. And you can also find me on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can still find me at SaskGeek Podcast there, but gosh, we, we ended it. It's over. It's it's, it's done. Bad. It, it, well, no, no, it, it is a project completed. Don't be happy it's over. Be happy it happened. I am... I am proud of it, and I am proud that we didn't let it pod fade by yeah. calling it, saying when it was ending, and <laughs> and, and pushing through and doing the thing. How about that? Intentionality. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> is, that
1: is an important
2: thing. I'm be honest, five years in podcasting years is like 100, so, like, <laughs> <laughs> we did it for a while. Anyway, that and, was and underrated. the archives,
1: the archives, archives are still there. They're still there. there right? They're like still
2: you all can, So you can go listen to me play Twain with myself.
1: <laughs> can you can go listen to me run masks. Yes. it's Great. So good. That They're all so still good.
2: there. We're not taking them down. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Hey, Jared, <laughs>
3: where can <could> we <laughs> find you on the internet?
0: <laughs> okay, you can find me at WhatDoIKnowJR on Twitter. And if you want to look for my blog to read the things that I review outside of Gnomes Do, you can find that blog at WhatDoIKnowJR.com. And where can we find you at?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as orikes13, O-R-I-K-E-S-13. Although, as always, I warn you, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter is kind of dead because things aren't happening. But uh, Instagram is mostly pictures of my cats. So
3: <laughs>
1: you will like my cats, though. They're, They're very good cute. They're good cats. They're good cats, cat, Ange. They're good cats. <laughs> so. So, do you
2: think we avoided the stew this week just based on like actually wrapping up in something of the right time ish
1: <laughs> i feel
2: very accomplished
0: also i think in the spirit of this being a solo gaming discussion we should each get to decide personally whether we go in the oh, stew yeah, or yeah, not yeah i think that's
1: fair <laughs> that is a good choice that
2: is a good <laughs> is a good ch- we might have to roll for it just individually <laughs> Yeah. and then journal about our experience of the descent into the stew. <laughs>
0: Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs.